It's a great joy to be here uh, before a smaller crowd than I anticipated last Sunday. Okay, so in the middle of the week, we were told that we've got to reduce our crowd. But I thank the Lord nonetheless for this opportunity to continue to be able to meet together. Uh, and um, very, very warm welcome to all of you this afternoon, especially now as we want to remember and to thank the Lord for the Ministry of Bethesda Care Services, BCS. Uh, this ministry started in December of 1996, so we are 25 years into this ministry, starting our 26th year in a few months' time, with the first chairman, the late Dr. Matthias Quack, as the first chairman of BCS, and we continue uh, to uh, grow this ministry over the years. The Lord indeed has been good uh, to this ministry. We want to honour uh, the, the, the men and women who are in the MC of uh, this ministry as well as the staff. So see their names in a short while. Uh, we have uh, in the management team, uh, Dr. Ping as the chairman, myself as the vice chairman, our brother William as the executive director, brother Chibun as the treasurer, Larry as the secretary and members. We have uh, Li Tian, uh, Pastor Sing Lee, uh, Mark Fu, Enwei, uh, Joseph Eo and Kevin Chu. In the course of the year, uh, we have three sisters who stepped down after many years of service in the MC, Gina, Christine and Ivy. So on behalf of BCS, we like to express our thanks and gratitude for the many years of faithful service as members of the MC. And uh, to make up for the loss of these three sisters, we had to have four brothers, all right, to fill in their, their, their position. So we warmly welcome Mark, Enwei, Joseph and Kevin Chu to the management committee. Uh, the uh, member, staff members of the various departments, and we want to honour them by acknowledging them and uh, reading out their names and elderly services. We have Yok Yi, Sharon, Mandy, Susan, Alex, Riping, Ming Fang, Sean, Janet, Mailing. In the home help team, we have Dennis, Joseph, Eric, Mary, Angie, Susan, Richard, Christina, Ying An, Jenny, Kui Peng, Yao Chai, Joseph, and Claire. In the student care centre, we have Junping, Im, Eiling, Geraldine, Connie, Irene, Jasmine, Benjamin, Karen, Chiao Hong, Ying Mei. In family services, we have Kathleen, Hannah, Valerie, Cheng Kai, and Dina Bandu. In Excite at College East, uh, we have Michelle, Dennis and Chris. And finally, in the admin department, we have William, Huai Jie, Michelle, Jade, uh, Angeline, Kailing, Roslyn, and Gim Lan. So we thank the Lord uh, for each and every one all right, of these uh, brothers and sisters in, on staff as well as on the MC for BCS. Church, we'd like to um, invite all of us to, to stand as we commend the ministry of BCS, we thank the Lord for the men and women who continue to give of their time and of their talents to this ministry. Let us pray. Our gracious God and Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, indeed for this wonderful and deeply meaningful ministry that you have given to us, BBTC at BCS. We thank you, Lord, through this ministry you have opened gates and doors into relationships, into families, into households, that, Father, we may interact, build bridges into and bring the joy and the favour of the Lord into many homes. Thank you, Lord, for the good work that you have allowed us to do. 
and we return all glory to you. We pray, Father, you continue to strengthen our hands, Lord, for more good work in the years to come. You continue, Lord, to strengthen us spiritually, Lord, as well as physically. Father, to be able to continue to uh, run into the blocks, Lord, to walk the, 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 the blocks and the floors, uh, to listen, to counsel, to talk, to share, to pray with the many who are hurting, with the many who are wounded, that, Father, we may bring the healing grace and the saving balm of the good news of the gospel into the community at Badot Tampanese through BCS. So help us, Lord, every volunteer, every staff member and MC member to operate not from the flesh, but, Father, with your power, with your strength. And help us, O Lord, always to find joy in our service. Would you always multiply the fruits of our labours that they may be found pleasing and acceptable to you always. In Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Church, please be seated. Today, I bring to you uh, this message, which I hope will encourage us to continue to own this ministry for ourselves, all right, the BCS ministry. And this topic I have for us today is thriving beyond surviving. Okay, there are many people out there who are hurting, and some are just saying to themselves, if only I can get through these tough times, if I only I can see through today, it'll be enough for me. Church, I think the Lord intends for all of us to live a life that is abundant, to live a life that is victorious, to live a life indeed that is worth living. And so may we learn to be victorious in our own lives and then to have the excess and overflow of the joy from our lives that we may then teach and help others to live a life of abundance and a life that is committed and submitted to God. Now, um, the verses that we just read from Psalms chapter 1, verses 1 to 3, are some of my most favourite uh, passages uh, in the Bible. Uh, I find great value in the counsel uh, that can be found in, in these verses, but they also talk about trees and plants, and I think it has great relevance as we talk about how to do more than just survive and to thrive. I don't know how many of you have got green fingers, you know, but when I moved into my new office a couple of years ago, I went around the office looking for people who have green fingers, who knows how to tend to plants and how to make plants grow. And um, not very successful, you know. We, after a few weeks, we find that we were in this battle to just help the plants survive, right? not, just, not just to grow. And I know it's not easy. And, um, you know, when it approaches Chinese New Year for me, if many years ago, um, I used to go out and uh, with my wife and family, we would uh, buy plants, all right, flowering plants uh, in time for Chinese New Year. I remember that in those early years, I would be looking for plants or, or flower, uh, flowering plants that would be able to last until Chinese New Year. So, you know, there's no point trying to buy plants a couple of weeks ahead of Chinese New Year. And when the big day comes, before the big day arrives, they actually start falling off. Right? So, so I buy, look out for flowers and buy those that are hardy okay, and to last to Chinese New Year. In more recent years, I try to find plants that not only thrive or survive until Chinese New Year, at least the first, second or third day, but to be able to thrive in the hot weather in Singapore. I find that the weather is becoming hotter and drier. So I look for flowers that not only just survive till that day, but actually thrives on the hot weather. The hotter it is, 
the brighter and more vibrant those colours are. And, and um, that's what I look for. And, 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 and there are some. You know, and those of you who want to know what flowers to buy, I can share um, uh, uh, my five cents worth of uh, flowering plants. But it's important, brothers and sisters. You know, when we look and we see how we want to live our lives, the Bible in Psalms chapter 1 tells us that there is a secret, a formula as to how we live our lives that can make us overcomers, a life of success. So Psalms 1, verses 1 to 3, tells us, starts off by saying, Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. So blessed is such a man, which means this man, this such a man, this righteous man finds favour with God. The man who finds favour with God is the man who shuns fellowship with the ungodly. And so don't walk with the counsel of the ungodly. Don't stand in their way or their path and don't sit in the seats of scoffers. So how are we living our lives? I mean, it's okay to have non-believing friends or pre-believing friends and certainly relatives. But it's another thing to have them as friends or acquaintances. It's one thing to have that. It's another thing entirely to have them as your counsel. People who teach you about values. People who teach you about the principles of life and how you should live your life and what objectives you should have in your life. And I can tell you it is certainly very unusual, brothers and sisters, if as a child of God, you have to require the counsel of an ungodly man who tells you what values in life you should have, what principles you should adhere to, and seek his counsel. And I can tell you it is certainly strange for a son or a daughter of God to stand in the path of sinners. This is the direction he or she has charted for his life. This is how he or she is going to make money. This is their way of success. It will be extremely strange indeed for a child of God to stand in that path to look in the direction of the ungodly and say, yes, that's my objective in life. That's where my pot of gold is. That's what I'm going to achieve the same way as this successful guy has achieved in the world. It will be very strange indeed. And certainly we should not be found seated in the seat of scoffers. You know, scoffers we know, arrogance, pride. If you are seated in the seat of pride, brothers and sisters, we know all that the Bible has tell, told us about pride. If there is one group of people that God himself will oppose, God opposes the proud. So if we take heed that we will not walk, stand or sit with the ungodly in our lives, and what will we do? We learn to find delight in the law of the Lord and to meditate upon his word. This righteous man will be firmly rooted, planted by the Lord, is fruitful and will be successful. Now, some of you may say, but, you know, Elder, yeah, okay, what you say is, sounds theoretically and probably theologically correct. Well, what am I going to do now? You know, I've lived my life in such a way. How am I going to change? How can I make the circumstances change in my, in my life? I'm too deep into it. But the word used in verse 3 of Psalms chapter 1 is that such a man will be planted by rivers of waters. 
you know, one way to read it is that the word plant is passive. You can't plant yourself, you know, into the path of the righteousness of God. You can allow and yield yourself to the mighty and perfect will of God. And God Himself will plant you into the position and situation that you want to be in or that He wants you to be in. God Himself will transplant us. So if we allow ourselves to be yielded to the perfect will of God, then God will plant us, deeply rooted us in the situation He wants us to be in and we will be fruitful and we will be successful. The righteous man or woman of God is a fruitful person, a fruitful believer. He will prosper or he will be successful in all that he does. Maybe not a six-figure or seven-figure bank account or a six-room or seven-room condominium, but you will be a life of significance and prosperity in the eyes of God. You will have more than what you need, brothers and sisters. And with that access, you will be able to serve Him and then to share with others in the community of our life, my life and your life, the community that God has placed us in to share, to serve and to help them become more than just survivors, but be thrivers. Now, what's happening to Singapore? With that in mind, you know, we do know that we are in quite difficult times. Pastor Singh Lee gave us a glimpse of what's been happening and we, we, we all know just in the last few days, we have record COVID-19 spread in the community. I think this is the worst, the last one week. It's even worse than during the peak of uh, 2020, where there was higher numbers generally, but not that many in the community. Um, we've got a suspected murder at one of our schools. Actually, we've got three murders in Singapore in the last 10 days, uh, but one in the schools. So what's, what's happening and what's taking place right in our society here in Singapore? So I've asked uh, Brother White here to pick up a few uh, slides for me and I'll share some of the slides here, which is uh, shared with me by Pastor Sing Lee taken from a recent Christian mental health uh, conference. And White here put together this slide which shows uh, the blue line, uh, which was the rate of uh, infection in the community last year. And it looks to be so much higher than the red line, which indicates the rate of community spread this year. But in the last few days, there is a massive spike in the red uh, line. And we see now our community cases much higher now than it was a year ago. Now, this is uh, some cause for concern. A survey was done uh, for, uh, to investigate into the advent or the extent of adverse childhood experiences in 2020. Children in Singapore being exposed to adverse childhood ex experiences. Uh, and, and you see uh, some of the childhood experiences listed out there, emotional neglect, 46% experienced this. Physical neglect, Battered mothers, um, sexual, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, parental separation, 21% of children from the survey experience adverse childhood experiences as a result of the separation of their parents. If you look at the red box towards the bottom 
of this chart, NEACE, 63.9%. Almost two-thirds, that is two out of every three children in this survey, experience some form of adverse childhood experience in this survey in 2020. Now, the Samaritans of Singapore provided these figures. They started a new service called CareText, where people who are in trouble could just text a message uh, to the SOS. Since July 2020, in the 365 days since, they received over 4,689 messages. So that's more than 10 messages a day. 51 of these messages contain texts expressing suicidal ideation or plans. That is 51%, over 2,000 of this. That is about seven every day uh, from people who are so troubled, they express suicidal ideation or thoughts. Out of this, 82% of all the clients were youths, young people, between the ages of 10 to 29. And these are very, very concerning statistics. Number of suicides in Singapore, the second highest in 2020, topped only by the figure in 2012. Year on year, a 13% increase. There are five times more deaths from suicides than from car accidents, from transport accidents in 2020. For every suicide, there are at least six suicide survivors left behind. So the emotional uh, weight and burden that is left to be carried uh, by the loved ones and the families after every suicide uh, multiplies the load six times. This year, more worrying, 39% said that they have considered suicide at some point, with 5% saying that they think of it every day, and 8% once or twice a week. Unemployed people were most likely to consider suicide every day or once or twice a week, the report said. At the virtual press conference on July 2nd, Ms. Afridi, a co-author of the study, said 48% of the people under 35 had considered suicide at least once in the past year, while the rate was 50% for those with children under the age of 6. So there is massive, massive emotional uh, mental stress and weight uh, carried not just by the young children but even the young parents in our midst uh, uh, because of all that is happening around us. Mental wellness, an important issue amid COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, that's a statement made by our Minister for Home Affairs, K. Shamugam. Uh, and here, uh, the sources for this mental weight and stress are multifold, uh, but 51.2% of respondents said that the restrictions on social activities and interactions have negatively impacted their mental health. 44% said that changes to work and school had a similar effect. So we are going through changes which many of us are still coming to terms with. Some of us deal better with uh, these changes, some not so. But a lot of those who are struggling with these changes have the changes magnify, amplify the difficulties which they already face at home. Cramps, small homes, crowded places, abusive parents probably, 
um, disobedient children, uh, lack of peace at home, it's a small place, everybody is screaming away. All this just amplifies the difficulties, the, 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 the physical constraints of the, of the place, of the, of the space that they have back home. Suicides in Singapore reached 8-year high in pandemic hit 2020 with elderly suicides highest since 1991. So the bad news, brothers and sisters, extends not only just to the young, but also to the very old. And those of us who are in the middle, we, we just feel a little bit squeezed and pressured sometimes because we've got to look after those who are very young as well as those who are old. So we need people to look after us as well. And so you can conclude that in any community outside, whether you are in the young segment, the old segment or the middle-aged segment, there is no immunity from the pressures that everybody is facing at this point in time. Amplified by the changes in the physical environment, made so much worse by the uncertainties of the economy that is um, going through a lot of stress around us, FMB industry that's being forced to shut down, open up for a short while, shut down again. Those that are in the hospitality industry, uncertainty as hotels are, are, are shut down. Those that are in the aviation, tourism industry, uh, complete um, uncertainty as well. So all these translates into stress and difficulties in daily living. And it is really no surprise that many people are just saying, when is this all going to end? I just need to see the light at the end of this tunnel and survive this period. And I think, brothers and sisters, we can do better than to just help them survive. Like us to just look at this video of a senior citizen that one of our younger church members reached out to and how she brought the favour of the Lord into this household. Let's watch this video together. Hello. Hello, Auntie. Hello, Auntie. stays alone. She is not married, but she has a brother who visits her every Sunday. Uh, she can't really walk properly, so she had to uh, hold a walking stick. And so sometimes she would always say that oh, my knee is painful, I can't really walk. Uh, so, and she will feel quite sad about it. I remember the first time we contacted Madam Lim was uh, in May. Uh, during that time, it was COVID, so we couldn't visit her. So the best we could do was to call her regularly. So initially, she was uh, a bit apprehensive, like, you know, who are these two strangers calling her, what for? So our contact with her was quite brief, uh, probably about five minutes, and she didn't really share much, but she uh, was very thankful that there is somebody who uh, wants to talk to her and to uh, communicate and converse with her. Uh, so in between May to November, we contacted her once every three weeks. Over time, she did share with us uh, about her worries and struggles, mainly feeling that uh, there's nothing much that she can live for. She, she did say, uh, so through that, we, we felt that uh, it felt a bit sad, uh, but that's where we start to encourage her to share about her life. 
The first visit, we introduced a smartphone to her. She was happy to finally be able to meet us and know how we look like, even though there's a mask and the facial on. During that time, it was a short 30 minutes visit. It wasn't awkward. And uh, because there's two of us around, we just kind of take turns to teach her how to use a smartphone. Uh, it was difficult. She keeps saying that she don't know how to use, she's very slow. Uh, so it took uh, quite some time for her to learn. And, but when she did finally learn how to use, she was very happy. She was like smiling and stuff. Yeah. During Christmas, we actually brought our guitar and then we practiced some songs to play for uh, Madam Lin. Yeah, so because that was something we promised a few weeks back uh, because she loved listening to music so we chose a few uh, Christmas carols and just sing for her and she was just you know nodding and enjoying the music as we play them. To be honest, there are times where I was uh, quite overwhelmed with the baby, especially when I have a newborn. So um, I, I felt bad uh, for not contacting uh, within the two months. Hello, baby. Cute, cute. Yeah, even though the age gap is a lot, but Amanda Lin is somebody I can click with and enjoy my time with. I felt that this time is very precious, very precious to me, and I believe it's very precious to. Madeline as well. Did it say that you know when you are young, enjoy your life and and uh, just work hard at what you're doing. But uh, at the end of the day, um, uh, even as you focus on your work, the most important is still uh, family lah and the people around you. Life is not just about work. Yeah, it's, it's about the family. It's about the community. That's the most important. lady it's just uh, one of us um, in, in, in the church and even in her youth in her young years um, she found this capacity and this maturity to reach out to a much older woman of course the video um, captioned her uh, as an elderly befriender she's anything but elderly all right she's a befriender of the elderly so that doesn't make her an elderly befriender but um, she found this joy and this tenacity and this persistence to continue to reach out to Madam Lim. You know, I don't know whether you can recall this, but this is what she said Madam Lim told her, which stuck in my mind, that the feeling that Madam Lim had was there was nothing much that she could live for. And she said, you know, better to just die. And that made uh, Naomi very sad. And that's where she then gathered you know, together with her husband. And guess what? She got a cell group you know, to come alongside and together they ministered to this, to this lady. And, and uh, what the lady then was able to tell her in return, you know, really at the end of the day, this lady was able to look beyond what she was struggling with. And she told Naomi, life is not just about work, it's about family, it's about community. And so let's befriend an elderly, help them remain connected to the community. Now you bring... You bring a different level of being able to accept the circumstances that they are with, you know, the struggles that they are with, they are in, and to be able to see beyond their difficulties and to be encouraged by the fact that someone else is watching out for them. So we learn to serve, to help, 
uh, and to outreach together as a cell group, also to help in creative ways. You know, think about how to engage with someone that's a generation or a generation and a half older than you. you know, and so she, she thought, well, you know, give, give, give a smartphone. Now, we all know how it is like trying to uh, encourage our parents for some of us or, or our grandparents for some of us, you know, how to use a smartphone. But once you get them clicked on it, you know, they are able to play games, uh, beat the mole, you know, or, or some games, you know, they can get all excited. And uh, with that, they improve their uh, motor skills, they improve their hand-eye coordination, they begin to have things to look out to, they can see videos or photographs of their grandchildren and great-grandchildren. You introduce them to a new suite of things and projects and activities that they can all do together. So, come together with your friends, with your cell group. Look for creative ways that you can help others. As an example of this in Mark chapter 2, verses 1 to 12, where many of us recall the story of these friends who, who helped uh, a friend of theirs, this paralyzed man, you know, who came to this place, this house in Capernaum where the Lord Jesus was. And the crowds were just so big. And this man who was paralyzed, you know, just couldn't get anywhere near the Lord. So what did the friends do? They looked at the whole setup of the place. They went to the roof, made all the calculations that, well, the Lord Jesus is probably standing immediately below where they were, removed the roof tiles, lowered this man with extreme precision all right, and coordination as to how they should do this because if they one side lower too fast or too slow, this man is going to slip off all right, and he's going to be even more paralyzed and he's going to injure a few more people below. They lowered him right in front of the Lord himself and got healed. And so we think of ways and means, creative ways where we can work together and put our friendship, put our creative ideas all to good use. And that's an encouragement that we can draw from the example of uh, Sister Naomi. Come together as friends, helping one another that we may then help others. I'd like us now to look at another video on Mr. and Mrs. Lu. And uh, this is a story that is played out in families all around us of fathers estranged from their children, husbands and wives, uh, can't talk. There is very little to look forward to as a family comes together uh, in the home or at the dinner table and, and, and how BCS has played a role in improving all of that. Let's watch this video together. Uh, we get to know Bethesda in year 2010. For the first time, I went there. Actually, after I find out my son has uh, autism, uh, because I want to find a school for my son. That's how we, we know Bethesda. When the children was younger, then there's no one to look after them. So I decided to stay home to look after them. So he's the only person that uh, work. Sometimes we limit ourselves not to overspend because we still have a lot of pending bills that we ca cannot pay. I'm working long hours. First, I've been working jobs, uh, 12-hour job. After work, the most is only eight. Don't sleep, that's all. Living like a lone ninja like that. Yeah, in, in the past, 
with the uh, with the financial is it's really a burden for us so every cent every dollar that we spend we really have to think where this money go so at the time uh, passed by as they grow big and my younger son has a place at a public secondary school so I started to get a part-time job. Slowly, slowly, we build up and maybe try to, to plan our financial with the help of Bethesda Care. Now the thing is improved more and the situation is not as bad as last time anymore. We could like, you know, sometimes reward ourselves with some good food even though that's not expensive stuff but our family really appreciate especially when we have some good food bring home and watch tv and uh, eat it together as a family yeah my past mistake that was i spend my my whatever i have earned and then i couldn't <coughs> get along with my wife also then from there after the counseling it, I find it's, it's yes. I get to know my wife better now and then my family also and my children also uh. Uh, it, it, the journey is fruitful yeah yeah it's, it, it's really fruitful I can tell that he's very happy sometimes he can talk to the the, the eldest daughter can tell about the poly life, can tell about what she wants to do after she graduates. She can, she can talk to the father now. Compared to 10 years ago, which is, they are totally like, who are you? I, I, I don't know. We feel very, very thankful, very grateful to the donors. They have us uh, with the school bus a transport fee when at the time uh, we really have a tough uh, very very tight financial we struggle with the time to fetch my sons from Angmokyo back to Bedok really feel grateful for for Badesta for all the while have been helping me I think my my family and me are also feeling very grateful and sincerely thank you for all the help. Lou says, all this while, I never saw my children that happy and they were smiling. And she also said, the journey is fruitful. And I think that's a great sign, brothers and sisters, when we are able to help someone to not just look at the end point of just escaping from the situation of life, but to be able to enjoy that journey, to be able to enjoy that there is a fruitfulness, there is something that is sweet and refreshing to come out of an experience, not something that is bitter and hard to bear. And she also said this, we feel very thankful and grateful for Bethesda. And both husband and wife said that a couple of times. We sincerely thank you for all your help. You know, brothers and sisters, this church is called Bethesda Bedot Tempanis Church. The ministry is Bethesda Care Services, previously called Bethesda Care and Counseling Services Centre. 
But we have always kept this word Bethesda. Because Bethesda comes from the word Bethesda, which is the house of mercy or the house of grace. We are members of this house of mercy in the community at Bedok Tempanese Church. And there's mention of this word Bethesda in this passage from John chapter 5, verses 1 to 8. And it talks about this man who was a cripple or a paralytic, and he was at this pool, this place, and he was in this condition for 38 years. And at this place called Bethesda, there were five porches, was full of invalids. And that is why one of the names or one of the meanings of Bethesda is that it is a house of grace. Because it was a place that is filled with invalid and people who are sick and diseased. And people say that, well, actually it's a place of disgrace. But the place where God comes to heal then turns away from a house of disgrace to being a house of grace. And that's what we want to be, brothers and sisters. A house of grace where there's healing from the Lord. And so the passage here tells us that these people who are sick, they will come to this pool and they will wait for the moving of the water, which they believe would be caused by an angel descending from heaven. And when the angel steps into the water, the water is disturbed. The first to get into the pool will be healed. Now, sometimes I think with superstitions and rituals, we elevate some of these famous tourist places in the world, some of which you find in Rome, in Europe, um, fountains, you throw in, you toss in a coin, depending on how big the coin is or how valuable the coin is. The bigger the value, I suppose, the greater the chance that your prayers will be answered. Okay? But over time, rituals and traditions and superstitions promote some of these places to have healing powers of their own or visitations by angels and heavenly beings. And then a certain man there who had this infirmity for 38 years, when Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time ago, so nothing is hidden from the Lord, God said to him, do you want to be made well? And the sick man answered him, sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred up, but while I'm coming, another steps down before me. Jesus said to him, rise up, rise, take up your bed and walk couple of the, um, the um, verses here that I want us to look at. First, Jesus said to him, do you want to be made well? Now, reading this passage, I was wondering to myself, why did the Lord ask this question? Surely it is a question that the man will say yes. And surely the Lord doesn't have to ask this question because the Lord knows the condition that this man was in. In verse 6, but the Lord asks, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be healed? Obviously, brothers and sisters, the Lord, when he asked this question, the answer was not for himself. The answer was for the man. Do you want to be healed? Tell us, do you want to be out of this condition? And so sometimes the Lord uses us to ask this question, to ask of the men, of the people around us in our community, can we help you? Do you want to be healed? And you will be surprised. There will be some who say, I don't want to have anything to do with you. I don't want to be healed. Or I don't think you can heal me. But there will be those who say, as this man has said, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. 
I have no one to help me to get into the position where I can have the miraculous healing by this angel unless you are the angel to this man, unless you are able to help him. And so when the Lord records for this incident to be written and to remind us, He intends for us to be reminded that there are people out there for whom no help would be available if not for a child of God in obedience to His commandments to us take up this challenge of being an angel to that man. Do you want to be made well? Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool. The Lord wants us to consider being the angel to that man. No rituals, no traditions. Just being salt and light, being the best help that we can be to the people around us. Malachi chapter 3, verse 10, God says, Bring all of the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open up for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be enough room to receive it. If you want to help, but you say that I do not have enough to help, the Lord says, bring your offerings, bring your tithes into the storehouse and test me and, let, and see if I will not bless you so much that you will not be able to contain the blessings. You know, as I look into the last one year at how COVID has ravaged the economy, jobs, finances, of charities saying that they have lost 15%, 20%, some maybe even 50% of their income and support. The Lord has blessed BBTC so much that just on the tithes of our members alone, not counting the job uh, subsidies that we receive from the government, we received almost $500,000 more in tithing in the last year than in the year before. In the year where people are losing their jobs, people are giving even more. And if you put in the savings we have from not having big buffets together and the job subsidy scheme we have from the government, we saved a million more last year than the year before. Now, that's the goodness of God. And I want to thank BBTCians and the believers in this body for their trust in the Lord and for the obedience in God. And that's why I wanted this verse to share with us that we need to trust God to do good and see if He will not open His storehouses for us to help others thrive and not just to survive. You know, there's a story of this man who asked this Christian, what did you do yesterday? And this Christian says, um, Oh, yesterday I taught um, tuition, I gave tuition to a group of children in Manado, Indonesia. And then uh, on Tuesday, uh, I was in Singapore, I was helping cook you know, for some construction workers. Uh, on Wednesday, I was in the Philippines helping flood victims. On Thursday, I was ministering in Shanghai 
to a group of pre-believers and uh, people who are struggling to put up a church in, in, in China. Uh, on Friday, uh, I was back uh, uh, helping some elderlies with their medical visits in Singapore. Uh, on Saturday, I was giving free tuition in Bedok. On Sunday, I was in service. And this friend says, that's impossible. How can you do all of these things even in a jet age? And this Christian says, I do it every day. You see, every time I dedicate a gift to BBTC to the Lord, this money is used for work all around the world in the name of Jesus Christ. When we release our resources, brothers and sisters, into the hands of God, God will use these resources in ways that we can never imagine. In, for purposes that we could never do of our own. But the money that you put in BBTC is used in Cambodia, Indonesia, in various countries around Asia and Southeast Asia. And likewise, if we give of our efforts, of our time, of our compassion and of our love and of our patience to the community in Bedok through BCS, I can assure you, brothers and sisters, that no less will be our reward and the impact of our sacrifices and our contributions. So give to the work of BCS to help our community thrive. Every dollar we donate to thrive will be matched dollar for dollar under the government's enhanced fundraising program. Donations above $10 are eligible for 250% tax deduction. Share the works of BCS. Be an advocate. And just tell people that there's this ministry where reaching out for the lost and reaching out for those who are unsafe and those who are hurting. Uh, receive WhatsApp emails uh, from us and share with your friends and family about the needs of the community. Serve the community with BCS through Meals on Wheels, befriending with the elderly, the Knock Knock initiative, exercise buddy with elderly. All right, so these are all uh, information that you can obtain. In John chapter 5, verse 8, Jesus said to this crippled man, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. And this is the exhortation to all of us. When we reach out to those who are hurting in the name of Jesus, and when we see the Lord brought into the work of rehabilitation, of healing and restoring, the Lord will ask this person to do three things. The first thing is an impossible thing. To a man that has been invalid for 38 years, and to ask him, you rise up, he doesn't know what's the meaning of rising because he has laid invalid for 38 years of his life. You are asking him to do an impossible thing. But this is what the Lord will do. When the Lord comes into the work and we partner with him, brothers and sisters, we bring the Lord into the lives of others to do the impossible, to rise up and to walk. Take your bed. And what does that mean? That means do not go back into relapse. Do not go back into your former ways. You know, when we buy an oven or a fan or a, a hi-fi system, what does the manufacturer or, or, or the retailer tell us? Keep this box for seven days, right? Just in case, just in case this thing doesn't work. The Lord says no. When you trust in me, and I give you the power to live a new life, and you get rid of the old life, 
No more going back to the old life. No more crutches for you. Because the Lord and the people of the Lord is all that you have. So rise, take up your bed, and walk. And the walking bed, brothers and sisters, is the thriving. It's to do the very thing that you never thought this man can do. For him to cover the distance he never thought he could cover. So we have here this wonderful ministry of BCS. I hope that all of you will take the time to find out more at bedestacare.sg slash thrive. Find out how you, your family, your spouse, your cell group can together come and partner with the Lord in saving the lost and reaching the poor. We'll close now with this song. And this song is a simple song. It's been played many times. And I was wondering whether I should play this song one more time. And it's very simply, thank you for giving to the Lord. And we have heard it so many times. But I then told to myself that I think we should hear it again. Because I don't think that we have thanked those who have trusted the Lord and given so much to the people around that we have thanked them enough. And so as we listen to this song, may it minister to you and cause you too to want to give and want to contribute and to help those who are less fortunate. And this song, may the words of this song beautifully sung by the beautiful voice of our sister Olivia Ong and rearranged by the talents of our brother Joshua Poe minister to you and gladden our hearts this day for the souls, for the saints, the victorious overcomers in our midst who are making a difference and a change in the lives of others.